Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Jocelyn. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, almost. Yeah, less than a week now. This is officially our last episode of 2023. It's true. It's uh, it's it's. It, I would say it's a bit of a tradition, but like it is a tradition. We've been doing this for quite a while. But our last episode before we cap out the year is uh, game of the year, and uh, we open up this great big sack of games we played over the past year <laughs> and determine what did we like. Uh, you know what what do we want to talk about most? What do we want to talk about second most? And and what do we want to you know, quickly run down uh, at the end of the episode as we as we've spent what some years we spend like thirty minutes talking about one game because it was yeah such a big <laughs> deal. But uh, but this year I think is a little different because like it was such a busy year for video games that we will probably have to like I don't look for those folks at home. Like is Ryan like building up to a bit where he has music that plays himself off? No, I don't have any music. <laughs> not this time. <laughs> Soundboard's not active. Uh, but, uh, we will, there's so much, there's so many games that can, and like, there's games that we didn't even get to in that in previous years would just be unheard of, of, of one of us skipping. Yeah. I, I kind of want to like, before we get into it, I do want to like, kind of almost like caveat this year. So I was looking back. So I do the same thing every single year is I go through all of our show notes and I pull the names of all the games that we played because I forget over the course of a year what I've played, what I didn't play, you know. So I always go through and I take all the the titles that I played and I put it in a big, this is what you played list. And then I go through the list and I'm like, okay, yes, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. This year was... Not the year for Joss playing games. <laughs> I mean, you guys, I know. Thank you so much for sticking with me and sticking with the show and everything else through this year, because this year was freaking crazy. I had my pregnancy and I was feeling terrible and I took a bunch of time off. And then I had my crazy migraine stroke scare and my move. And then I actually had my baby and all all of that together. I was only on the show for about half the year. So between all of that stuff, and I mean, like when I when I had like my migraine and stroke stuff, like it was very much like almost two months where like I didn't touch any games. Um, So like this year was kind of a funky year for me. I didn't play much. The stuff that I did play, I mostly like touched on, but didn't go too deep on. There's only a few games that I actually played close to like the end of the game. So I had a really, really hard time. This is the least amount of gaming I think I have ever done in my life was this past year. So before we talk about all the stuff that, you know, is on our game of the year list and everything else, like just keep in mind that... (laughs) My list is sparse, and that doesn't mean that there isn't stuff out there that was amazing this year. It's just, I really didn't get to a lot of things, um, including things that I wanted to play before tonight. Include, like, I mean, it turns out having a two month old is more work than I thought it was going to be because I was like, oh, yeah, I could totally play Alan Wake 2 in a week. Why not? Um, Olivia's why not? <laughs> so, like, and, and, you know, Christmas and everything. Like, it's a busy time of year as well. But anyways, point is, I just kind of wanted to put that caveat on our conversation this year because uh, I did not play much. So um, if there's stuff that you think that I'm, you know, missing or not mentioning or, you know, like our game of the year is always 
the gamers in game of the year conversations. Like we never try to play every single game that comes out. But I feel like this year, more so than normal, your girl didn't play much. <laughs> yeah, well, you had a, you, as you ran down, you had a very busy year. And just because, look, a lot of games came out this year, and uh, it just means you'll have a good selection of games to catch up on. I also am going to have a good selection of games to catch up on uh, in the new year. Usually there's like one or two from previous years because there's an, there's enough time to kind of like touch on the big ones. But this year there was literally like, I mean, when we get to it, you know, the wish we played slash, you know, missed games. Um, there's some big ones on that list. Ones that yeah. in previous years I would like not even consider uh, skipping, let alone, um, you know, not, not buying day one. So uh, it's, it's been a very busy year, both in terms of, you know, personal lives but also like in the in terms of content um some of the games we're going to talk about are are big games and uh i think that it also is worth mentioning that some of the games we're going to talk about are games we haven't finished um yeah and and that's been the case i think most years i think folks understand that but this is not necessarily a list of games that we loved and played to completion um so you know i mean if we want to kick things off on a game that, you know, I didn't finish, even though I said I really wanted to finish before <laughs> uh, this episode. And I was and I said this months ago. So, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't have a, a my I don't have an excuse other than it's just it's a it's a big game and I haven't had a chance to finish it. But I did get to act three of Baldur's Gate three. Uh, and it and it is one of my picks. Baldur's Gate is on my list too. Baldur's Gate 3 is on my list too. And you got way further than I did. And I think that the thing about Baldur's Gate 3 seems to be the sort of game that I don't even know if you ever can finish. And that's kind of almost like why it makes my list is because it delivered on its promise. Like it is a D&D game and one of the hallmarks of Dungeons and Dragons and why people still to this day love to play it is because it is a role-playing universe that you get to live in. And I saw this thread on Twitter. I think it was like last week. And it was uh, one, or maybe it was a TikTok. Anyways, I think it was a TikTok because it was definitely a video. Anyways, point is, um, <laughs> I know, honestly, like uh, it is, it's, it's my, it's my lack of sleep baby brain. <laughs> it's okay. I shouldn't right laugh because I am also, I'm, I'm not as tired as you, but like, I, I get it. You know, you get tired and it's just... Oh, man. Yeah, it's like, okay, I saw this thing, but no, actually, it wasn't that. It was this totally other, all different medium. Anyways, <laughs> point is, uh, someone was talking about only one very specific quest in a very specific location in Baldur's Gate 3. And she had her audience basically write in and tell her how they dealt with that quest. And she read through all of the different scenarios and all of the different things that people did in order to deal with this. And sometimes it was like befriending the befriending the goblins. Sometimes it was, um, I can't even remember. There was like 20 different things. And it was like, it was everything from like, I went and blew up the camp. I set this thing on fire. I made friends with the spiders in the woods around the corner. And then they attacked the camp for me. So I didn't have to get my hands dirty. And it's like, just the sheer amount of things that you can do. Like, I mean, especially someone coming from like, wow, where it's like, 
literally go to this one place, do this one thing. Like, this is the story that we are telling. There is no variety. Every single person experiences the exact same thing. Like, Baldur's Gate 3 is the total opposite of that. They're like, here's our world. There is an overarching story that everyone will experience, but you can experience it in your own way. And because of, like I said, that one quest, this one example that this girl had, because she got so many different ways to deal with that one specific scenario, kind of gives Baldur's Gate 3 this like infinite replayability that I don't even know how you code that. (laughs) And it's one of the concerns that I had before the game came out is I was like, how can they give people the do whatever you want experience that Dungeons and Dragons, like the role-playing game, tabletop game gives you. Like, how can you have that but coded in a video game? And however they did it, they did it. Like, they definitely delivered on that promise. So that's why it's on my list is because, like, I don't think anyone will ever finish that game because it's so infinitely replayable. So... I like I don't feel bad that I didn't finish it because <laughs> I don't think anyone ever will. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't feel bad that I haven't finished it either. But I, I did I did do a, a big push to uh, to play it, even even leaning into sort of my my comfort zones of, you know, where would I rather play games after a long day? And that's on the couch with the TV. So I moved the the PC into the living room, had it plugged in and um <laughs> I struggled to relearn how to play the game on on controller, but eventually <laughs> I got there, and uh, I I'm very much enjoying the game. My favorite part about the game, and I've said this uh, when it came out, was it's it's the talking, it's the dialogue, it's the story, um, and it's the progression of you know character development, and, and that that is my favorite part. To sort of to a detriment in the sense that like when combat comes along uh i find myself struggling because i'm not like thinking about combat i'm just like i just want to get to the next talking bits like let's get mm-hmm. let's, let's get to some conversation um and I, I like i struggle with the combat i still struggle with the combat sometimes i will um i will finish an encounter no problem and be like man i'm a i'm a um we're superheroes other times i will struggle through uh bits of combat and i'm like oh my gosh like what are we doing here? <laughs> I I clearly have the wrong build or something. And I like, but I've, but I've managed to progress. Like I keep thinking to myself, like, man, I'm going to hit a boss and I'm just not going to be able to finish it. And I can reduce the difficulty. And I will certainly do that. If it comes, comes to that point, I have no problem doing that. But, uh, I've also struggled to approach the game. I've had to train myself to be like, don't look up everything. Don't try to have the perfect playthrough but also balancing that with the fact that like, I'm only going to complete the story once. I, I, I think it's going to take a lot, maybe a definitive edition of the game to actually go back and play it a second time. Like I know multiple people have beat, beat it multiple times, but it's just, for me, it's like, I'm very much enjoying the journey, but I've, I, I have uh, understood and I've come to the conclusion that I will, I will only be able to finish it once. Um, in 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 the span of like a normal amount of time like you know within the first year of the game being out but uh i i've still very much enjoyed my time with it and and it's likely a game that i'm going to play through the holidays much to the long list of uh games i wish i played that'll likely go on sale over the next couple of weeks but um Baldur's Gate 3 i i've i've got it i've got a good sort of 
path forward with it. So I, I want to keep going because I do want to finish yeah. it. And, you know, maybe I'll finish it by the time we're back from holidays. I don't know. I'm not going to guarantee <laughs> I'm telling anything. you, man, you can't finish that game. It's impossible. I, Too many options. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know multiple people that have platinumed it, but uh, I, I can't. Uh, well, I guess, yeah, it depends on your definition of finished it. Finished the main quest line, finished all the trophies, like, or seen all the content. And I don't think you could see all the content, which is just, which is a programming feat in and of itself. So yes. Yeah. There's just so much there. And I think that's how they managed to accomplish the, you know, the DM feel. The so. fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of fantasy, the second game on my list is final fantasy 16. And I'm kind of surprised that you skipped this one this year. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, look, it's a great example of a game that just came out at a very busy time. I was still, playing um tears of the kingdom uh Baldur's gate 3 was like quickly approaching it was it was i think it was a midsummer sort of game but it was also like a game i knew was going to go on sale it uh it came out near the end of june because uh that's it was like right when we were moving because i remember we weren't sure what our internet situation was going to be like when we moved so we made sure that when we were at my in-laws house we downloaded um, we downloaded Final Fantasy 16 onto the PlayStation so that we would have it in case we didn't have good internet when we got out here. So, yeah, it was right around the, the end of June, beginning of July when that came out. And um, it honestly, like, I was also playing and finishing Tears of the Kingdom around that time. And it was, like, almost jarring. And I know, you know, different art styles are different art styles, but... One of the things that really struck me about Final Fantasy 16 is just how impressive the visuals were. Like everything felt so pretty and so epic and it was so crisp. Like the characters and everything, the voice acting was great. Like Final Fantasy 16 was a really, really good, good game. Um, so like, because also right around the time is when my brain exploded, um, Matt did most of the playing <laughs> and I did most of the watching, but Final Fantasy 16, I think other than her, the Horizon Forbidden West that we're going to talk about in a little bit, um, is like the only thing that I, I guess, saw the end of this year, <laughs> like everything else I started and made my way through part way through if not most of the way through but the final fantasy 16 i've actually seen the full game now <laughs> so it uh i liked the story i thought the characters were really interesting i liked the world and the combat was really cool all the abilities were really cool and the visual effects were fantastic and then like i'd turn on zelda and i'd be like ugh why do you look the way you look? You could have come out 15 years ago. <laughs> Which is the same problem I have with vi with uh, visuals in Warcraft right now, by the way, too. Like, sure. the new expansion comes out and you're just like, oh my god, this looks like shit compared to everything else that comes out in the same year as you. Come on. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, WoW actually did come out 20 years ago. Tears of the Kingdom came yeah. out this year. <laughs> I mean, you could maybe argue it. You could maybe cut some slack and say it came out five years ago, but uh, but I but I but I hear you, and I think you know I played the demo for Final Fantasy 16, and I was I was convinced that this was going to be a game I would enjoy, um, and I mean you know it is on my Christmas list. It's it, it's it is on sale. I think it's like half price right now, so there's a high chance uh, I'll I'll play it eventually. <laughs> um, but it's uh it's it's definitely a game that. Um, also was 
and look, I know I would probably enjoy it, but it was also a game that was kind of impacted by like weirdly in the review cycle of like, you know, this is this is not what the demo was, but is it but is it like a very good Final Fantasy game? Like it was, it was something about the the campaign sort of like stops being that Game of Thrones style story and, and veers closer to like what you would, you know, normally find in a Final Fantasy game. Um, and, and that, uh, you know, sounded that sounds fine to me, but I know like there was yeah. a lot of discourse around launch that like this isn't just Game of Thrones. This is also Final Fantasy, but it's like, well it's called final fantasy so like <laughs> that sounds good you know if it if it starts off with some game of thrones feels that's that sounds great and the demo i mean if you haven't checked it out at home folks it's like it's it is a superb opening so and they give mm-hmm. they give it to you in that one so yeah so i i really enjoyed it and i think uh, i think you'll have a good time when you get a chance to get around to it because i know yeah. it was on one of your it was one of your wish you played and uh yeah i'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts about it because it did actually like even if i'd played more games final fantasy 16 would have made this <laughs> game of the year top five for me so uh yeah i yeah. think they did a, a really really good job coming from somebody who doesn't normally play final fantasy um games so i i really really enjoyed this one should Very we good. should we rip should we rip the band-aid off and talk about Tears of the Kingdom? Yeah, we we could do that. I mean, it's um we had a question uh, Babylon in our Discord likes to ask questions uh to to inspire a conversation and one of them was like what was a gaming opinion that that you that cha- that you had that changed this year? And mine was uh in May, I was sure that Tears of the Kingdom would just be a shoe-in for game of the year across the board. And then in late August slash early September, I changed my opinion on that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> with Baldur's Gate 3 and, and just you know, the the fall we had. But I think Baldur's Gate 3 really, really took the Nintendo cake. But I mean, you know, this is a, it's a sequel. It's a follow up to Breath of the Wild. Like it's it's still got like those mechanics and stuff. And but I, I really enjoyed my time with Tears of the Kingdom, but it was well within that bubble of may slash june it's it's not a game well, i'll be honest it's not a game that i a- have actively been you know thinking about yeah um which is weird because breath of the wild sort of like existed for for the year you know well yeah and i think it's because like breath of the wild was not a, a sequel right it didn't take from the previous stuff it was new mm-hmm. and i think that that's the difference between the reception for Breath of the Wild versus Tears of the Kingdom. Like, not that people didn't like Tears of the Kingdom. It's just it wasn't exciting because it was literally Breath of the Wild, but with a new story, right? And even then, like, story is always an interesting term in Zelda, right? Because they're, they're, they don't have big, involved, intense narratives, right? Like, it's pretty straightforward every time. So I think that, like, they had the addition of building in Tears of the Kingdom, and a lot of people got pretty psyched about that. But at the same time, the vast majority, like the the map was the same. The like, there just wasn't a whole lot to differentiate it from Breath of the Wild. And there was so much else that came out this year that people were super excited about that another Breath of the Wild wasn't enough to keep them engaged past those first couple of months. Whereas like Breath of the Wild was so brand new and such a new take on Zelda, whether you liked it or not, it was something totally new for the franchise and Tears of the Kingdom just was not that. So I think like people played it, it was fine. It was what they were expecting. And then they moved on and it literally made my top five 
by default because I played so little else this year. So <laughs> I literally yeah. in the notes, guys, I wrote sigh, tears of the kingdom. <laughs> you had to. You had no choice. Yeah. It wasn't bad. It was fine. Yeah. Like I, I I liked it. It was an it was a fine game, except for the fact that it literally made my brain explode. But like it was a totally fine game. Like it was it was a decent entry. It's the same as but it is exactly the same in my head as Breath of the Wild, which you guys know is not my favorite entry into the Zelda franchise, but I don't think they're bad games. They're, I just don't think that they deserve the 10 out of 10 praise that they tend to get because they're a Nintendo title and because they're a Zelda title. Like, it was fine. Tears of the Kingdom was also fine. <laughs> I'm glad sure. I got another Zelda game. Um, but yeah, I, it just, it isn't the Zelda that I love. Yeah, I... um. I, I really I really enjoyed Tears of the Kingdom. I, I did love it. Uh, I think it's like for me, it's it was one of those special treats of like before it launched. It's like, man, we're getting a sequel to a like a direct sequel to a Zelda game. I like there there are sequels to Zelda games, but but really this, you know, you think of Majora's Mask and yep. Ocarina <laughs> of Time. Um, the like they're not they are sequels but they're not like direct sequels in this in yeah. the case that tears of the kingdom takes place after the events of breath of the wild ocarina of time and majora's mask are sort of like pseudo sequels like yes um, yeah they they share characters but clearly there isn't a direct connection outside of like link and link and like they don't even bring uh the navi back navi like, yeah you know um maybe for good for good cause but but i think like for me it was it was a treat to have that direct sequel and the story and sort of fleshing out more of the world and but there but you're right there are a lot of points to it that like there's a reused world um they do add the depths but like i wasn't a huge fan of the depths i liked the sky stuff way better than the depths which even then, like the sky stuff was a bunch of small islands. Like it sure. wasn't a whole other like sky kingdom necessarily, right? Like No. It was it was few and far between compared yeah. to compared to the main world. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but you know, in that in that case it was like for me it was it was very interesting to see them continue that story, even if it wasn't like a a a perfect story, like no Zelda has like a perfect story it's it's they're all kind of the they all kind of follow that same pattern of you know good guy bad guy a lot of time travel for some reason um and uh (laughs) and yeah but i'm like sitting here on my desk i have the the two the second wave of amiibos that that they had with uh zelda and and ganondorf i mean we got ganondorf in the game like that's like there's so much to love about tears of the kingdom in terms of like classic zelda characters in classic zelda moments but uh i totally get like that sort of like sequel it's a nice treat to have but it's almost like too much of a you know too much of a thing we've already had before Mm -hmm. um and the gap between breath of the wild and tears in terms of like the years it took to get there also i think hampered it a little bit you know like i think if it was like a closer release sequel like we're also looking at a new switch probably launching next year um that that also kind of i guess stings a little bit in terms of like zelda development like you know we're gonna have to wait at least another four years for for zelda to arrive on that new piece of hardware which is always like that's a big deal like that's what breath of the wild was well 
Not really, because that was a Wii U game, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I love the game, but I think if we were doing Game of the Year in May, I'd I would I would probably be singing a, a much stronger tune right now. Yeah, but I still love it. Well, let's talk a little bit about sequels because you have Spider-Man 2 on your Game of the Year list. It's on my list of things I wish I had played. Um, but I mean, that's another sequel. Was it, you know, very much the same? Like, I guess, is it like Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom or different? <laughs> uh, I'd say it's 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 in the same vein as Tears of the Kingdom. And it's kind of funny when you look at the timing, like Spider-Man came out in 2018 Spider-Man 2 came out in this year, 2023, so like a five-year sort of turnaround. Yeah. Um, but Spider-Man also had like uh, the Miles Morales and DLC for the main game. So there's certainly been Spider-Man sort of keeping content. busy. Yeah, content. Yeah. Um, uh, I kind of got crap for not including this on our uh, Dungeons & Diapers sort of wrap-up uh, in terms of video games. Like I didn't include Spider-Man 2. And... Look, like the reason I'm including it here, because if I'm picking five games, like the top five picks, like it is in my top five. I really enjoyed Spider-Man 2, but it is like another one. Like it's a sequel. Like it's, you know, it's continuing the story. It's similar mechanics. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. It's certainly worth playing if you're a big Spider-Man fan. But um, it's not uh, it's not like Baldur's Gate 3. I think Baldur's Gate 3 is the one on my list that's like. This is a new experience that I think, <laughs> which is, is funny because it's the three. <laughs> it it is, and and I think like that's that's a very valid point. Uh, <laughs> and I I have not played any of the other Baldur's Gates, but I think there's there's an as you said in terms of content and the way they approach the game. Like I think it's um yeah, all of these are sequels or remakes, which is like also probably <laughs> I telling. Was gonna point that I was gonna point that out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I don't have an original idea here, so that's great. That's perfect. Um, uh, but I think uh, Spider-Man Two was a very, a very fun game, and it and it continued that sort of trend of like Insomniac taking a very, uh, I'll say, worn like uh, you know, uh, piece of content in terms of Spider-Man. Like in terms of adapting the Spider-Man story, it's been done a lot, and I really appreciate how Insomniac has tried to sort of tell their own unique tale with those characters. Um, and I, I, that's what I really appreciated about Spider-Man 2. And it plays really well. Like, there's, I don't really have many complaints other than, like, it is an experience that we've we've talked about countless times, but I, I had a great time with it. And I, mm -hmm. I beat it pretty quick. Like, it was, I think I played it through to completion in a couple weeks and uh, very much enjoyed it. And I was like, okay, more. When, when are we going to get some DLC for this thing? But... Um, well, and you know, that's like exactly how I feel about Assassin's Creed Mirage, because that one is in my game of the year top five. Um, and it very much is like the same as what you're describing with Spider-Man. It's like it's the Assassin's Creed that I know and love from years and years and years ago, like back to some old mechanics and, you know, telling a really interesting story in a very specific part of the world. But like, you know, it's it's hitting all the things that I want an Assassin's Creed to hit. And I'm so happy that they made the decision to go back to like it was. And it's so funny. It's like everything you said about Spider-Man 2, I, that's all everything about Assassin's Creed. Like it's not reinventing the wheel. It's going back to basics. And I loved it. <laughs> like it was, it was great. It was perfect. I, it was a really, really good experience. I had a great time in it. That's why it's in my top five. 
but it's nothing crazy. <laughs> it's yeah. not Baldur's Gate 3, but it's amazing. Yeah, and I think that's where, um, like, a lot of these games like, were my f- favorite experiences. But uh, And we've we've had whole episodes dedicated to, like, talking very positively about them. And um, because, I don't know, there's something about this year, like, and the setup that we've got for this episode. It's like we're being very calm, <laughs> cool, and collected. It's yeah. almost like, you know, we're very passionate about these games, but we're not going to, like, scream and our you know top four there's four it's and then we're just break the mic as we as we get like we're (laughs) we're calm about this it's it's all it's all good like folks at home are like man ryan really hated spider-man 2 it's like well it is the third game i talked about tonight like that's pretty good that's pretty good i think (laughs) uh but yeah assassin's creed mirage i don't have it in my uh wish wish i played but it's certainly on which is a mistake I know it's on the list. Like it's literally, you should, I ha- you should wish you played it. So I do good. wish I played it. I just, I wanted to keep it to five. Look, like I have a list in my notes, uh, not these notes, but like personal notes of like <laughs> games I did miss. And there's like 10 of them. This isn't even yeah. the whole thing. I just, I just picked the five that like, look, if you, if you came to me and said like, you can buy, I will buy you five games that you missed in 2023 what are they and i'll just go buy them like this would be the the five that we're going to talk about throughout the night here is is the five i would put forward in that hypothetical conversation by the way if anyone listening <laughs> wants that to happen like just let me know just reach out but um it's never happened but uh you never know but a lot of them are like games that i would i would pop to the top of that you know list but uh mirage look mirage is number six jocelyn does that make you <laughs> feel better (laughs) a little bit a little bit i'm just i'm just saying and we talked about this i think last week it's it is a really really good experience and it's a back to the assassin's creed basics which i really appreciated and enjoyed my time in it for sure now we touched on this a couple minutes ago but you have two remakes on your top five (laughs) list so tell me about this because i feel like I mean, I don't want to say you're cheating, but at the same time, like you're kind of cheating a little. This like Super Mario RPG should be on a game of the year top five list from years ago. Same with Evil 4. What is going on? I don't think remakes should count. (laughs) Let's unpack that. Why shouldn't remakes count? I don't know, because it's like because they're old games, they shouldn't like I know that they're remade in 2023, Mm -hmm. but it's like the majority of the content is old yeah (laughs) like you know the story is old they they might have you know updated mechanics and updated uh graphics but to me like ah this makes me want to go back into our old game of the year episodes and see if i put like the mass effect uh whatever edition i can't even remember from a few years back in my game of the year i don't know i don't think i did because like it had updated it had updated graphics and controls and stuff but it was still like mass effect and that came out you know 20 whatever so i don't know i just i feel like i mean it's your game of the year and you can do with as you will but i raise my eyebrow at remakes i guess it's not quite as bad as a remaster cuz a remaster is just like new graphics like if mm-hmm. a, a remake like cuz i would say like the Final Fantasy VII, like that was a total like new reimagining of that game. That wasn't I like that was a full on remake. Yes, um, yeah. like they changed everything about that game, including the story. To, you know whether that was <laughs> successful or not is for other podcasts to discuss. But the point is, like that I think was a new game. I don't yeah. know if these count as new games. 
they it's interesting it's <laughs> i definitely yeah. when i saw these two remakes in your in your game of the year i was like ryan bold choice <laughs> yeah. well, you know me just uh sometimes you pick remakes other years you pick uh, the walking dead by telltale you know you just you're just trying to, that's a throwback um but no i i think um it, it like I, I know i think i know you well enough that like if that's an opinion to hold now like i think that's something you probably held every year we've done this like i would be surprised if you picked uh, a remake <laughs> even and but you might have mentioned it, it. might like, have I, been a mentioned yeah it yeah. might have been an honorable mention yeah I think, uh, but you know, folks at home know like I'm very nostalgic for for games, and like the two games. If you if you were to ask me what what are the two games you're most nostalgic about, it's Super Mario RPG and Resident Evil Four. Uh, Super Mario RPG being the first RPG I ever bought and played and finished and enjoyed, and just uh, I still catch myself, you know, humming the tunes randomly. Like that's just how. <laughs> ingrained it is in my brain and um that game uh honestly if it was if if this was a numbered list i would i would probably struggle to be like do i put this above baldur's gate 3 it was that oh my god ryan good come experience on. for me come I know. on come Look, on i hey you know, we want to <laughs> now we're getting into the show right we're getting into the <laughs> the ign articles like you know uh, Canadian gaming podcast named Super Mario RPG Remake about Baldur's <laughs> Gate 3. How do you feel? Like, outrage culture. Let's get into it. No, let's not, okay. let's not do that. But I feel like that's, like, one of those things that we could do and and pivot a little bit and then, you know, do an hour-long YouTube video about about that specifically. But, no, I, I, uh, I knew I was going to very much enjoy this game. Uh, and, yes, it's a remake. It's a very faithful remake. Yeah, one you knew remake. that. Yep. You knew that you were going to enjoy it because you've played it before because it's not yeah. new. <laughs> it's not new. But like these are games in my mind. Game of the year for us has always been favorite games we played this year. I and guess this game came out this year. I like I the the argument would be stronger if I said like, no, like here are my picks. Super Mario RPG remake Super Mario RPG because I played it before to kind of get prepared for it. You know, I, I didn't do that. But like, I think the remake being a new new game that was released this year um and they do such a great job uh at remaking a super nes game uh while modernizing it in a way that uh, makes it you know playable in this day and age where you would expect like auto saving between uh sections of of uh of gameplay um you know having quality of life uh for the button prompts and um you know, being able to swap characters out of the party, like it unheard of for me to, to realize like, oh, you can't swap characters out mid battle, but that's a feature here. Like there's a, just, they did so much to it that it is a one-to-one remake in terms of the story, the characters, like even right down to the environments, but they've taken this game and, and done a really good job with it. And to switch quickly over to Resident Evil 4 remake, one of my favorite games that came out on GameCube was Resident Evil 4. Um, I had little to no experience with uh, the games that came out between RE1 and um, and 4. And it was a big deal because 4 came out on the GameCube and it was like exclusive. Like Capcom was making five games for Nintendo that were going to be exclusive on the GameCube. And obviously Resident Evil 4 came to everything years later. But for me, being a, you know, a, a, a purple lunchbox owner, I got to play that game. <laughs> before the PlayStation folks like that was a big deal. Um, 
And Resident Evil 4 Remake is, again, it's a it's a very faithful remake that applies the modernized sort of take. If you played them side by side, you'd recognize that they've done a lot of solid changes here. But uh, I love that original game so much. It's my favorite Resident Evil. And Capcom continues to, like, really nail these remakes in a way that um, I very much look forward to what they're going to do next because it's likely to be a game I've uh, never played with uh, code Veronica. So I'm, I, I, I recognize putting remakes on those list is a bit, it's a bit sus as the kids would say. Um, I'm just busting your balls. No, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Cause you're right. Like our game of the year has always what has released the past year. So, I mean, obviously the remakes fit that bill and I'm really glad that you had good experiences with these games that were so formative for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, it's, it was a busy year for games. Like a lot of games came out to the point where it was a little overwhelming. So for me, it was like, it was nice to have these two games to be like, okay, like, You're it's like new. <laughs> yeah, it's new, but familiar. Like, yeah, it was nice. Um, but uh, next year, it'll all be whatever. I don't even ask me what's coming out next year. Like maybe we'll do a preview when we get back in the new year. But like, I have no idea. That's usually our first, our first week of January episode is what the F is even happening in 2024. (laughs) (laughs) That's two weeks from now. Ryan's problem. I don't need to worry about it right now. Exactly. Exactly. You've got Christmas brain. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. It's true. But yeah. The, the last one on my list, probably surprising no one is, is the DLC for Horizon Forbidden West because Horizon right. Forbidden West is an amazing, amazing game and Burning Shores really delivered. Like it gave you more of Aloy's story. It gave us the probably maybe potentially last be- like little moments of silence that we're going to get. Um, and so I don't know, man, I really, really enjoyed, uh, Burning Shores. They gave us, you know, more information on the, uh, the Quen culture, which was really cool. You got to see San Francisco, like, so new environments and yeah, like obviously anything to do with Horizon is always going to make my list, even though it's not. And so this is where my pick gets sketchy is because (laughs) this isn't a game. It's a DLC package. So, (laughs) but it was it was a pretty sizable experience and that's kind of why I included it is because I think it probably had about 15 to 20 hours of gameplay, which is definitely on par with like Mirage and, and actually Final Fantasy 16 too. the, the campaign. And so I think um, Matt's playthrough ended around like 18 hours or something. So I feel like uh, even though technically it's like DLC, it's an expansion, it was still sizable enough um, and, and a big enough experience, I thought, to, to qualify. But again, feel free to tell me that I am wrong and, and come at me over DLC the way I did over remakes. <laughs> Look, Jocelyn, you're not wrong. It's perfectly acceptable <laughs> to choose DLC on your game of the year list. And it's also perfectly acceptable to say I uh, it was such a busy year. I forgot it came out this year. I forgot that this was this year as well. Like I was going back through the notes and I was like, wait, that was this year. But yeah, Yeah. it was. (laughs) And and I loved it. I loved Burning Shores. It was uh, it was a great piece of content. And I love that Sony has been supporting their big budget single player games with some big budget DLC. And I have yet to jump into the Valhalla expansion that was launched for God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, I'm like, 
like I've heard that that's really really good and Matt is super stoked about it but mm. I he loves roguelikes and I don't so like I kind of looked at it and I'm like that looks interesting but I'm probably not gonna like it I'll just watch him play some rounds but yeah like um it's very much a go as far as you can get some knowledge get some powers die come back start at the beginning like go again <laughs> Yeah, I and I haven't booted it up yet. I I hear there's a lot of story to it, which might be like the driving factor for. for yeah, some that folks could be who, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Don't like roguelikes. I I, I like roguelikes, but um, I like a very specific setup for it. Like there are, and it, I can't put it into words. Like I think I I literally just have to play it to know whether I'm going to like it. And um, sometimes I enjoy that sort of loop, but it has to be a very the loop has to, I have to connect with the loop it, for it to work. And if I don't connect it, and I think God of War has a, I, uh, I have a stronger chance of it working because there was sort of a mini roguelike sort of area in the first one that I really. Enjoyed. Yeah, there was. Yeah. So, uh, and that one didn't really have a lot of story. It was mainly combat. So the fact that this one has story is, is a big deal, but, uh, burning shores was a great expansion. And as you said, like it, it built, upon the ending of the of the second game without uh without overcomplicating it or ruining mm-hmm. parts of it um similar to i think how mass effect 2 because mass effect 2 is it's a similar arc like the end of mass effect 2 is like okay the reapers are coming and yeah. we have to prepare and the final dlc that was released for mass effect 2 was sort of in the same vein as burning shores it was like look like the reapers are still coming uh but we We've now uncovered some more information. Uh, we've got we've got a, a better leg to stand on in terms of like some some leads on what we want to do next to to prepare. So like I think uh, you know, and I I think the way Gorilla works is like we're gonna we're gonna probably see a Horizon third chapter in two or three years, I'd say, which is not gonna take long. It's, it won't be a long wait. I I could see us playing the third chapter in into by 2027 you know i think that's fair so yeah i was i was gonna say 2025 so <laughs> well <laughs> let's split the difference what do we what do we say yeah. 2026 2026 yeah there we go perfect i can i can wait that long yeah <laughs> by then olivia will be big enough that she can like go play by herself and mommy can have her games <laughs> that's true yeah you go uh watch you know coco melon five i'm gonna go sit here and Play yeah. some Horizon. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So those were our top five picks for each of us for Game of the Year this year. Um, I think it was uh, it was a good game for a good game, good year for gaming. And uh, yeah, we had some really good experiences in 2023. So uh, yeah, uh, we still have a lot to talk about though. But before we do, uh, do head on over to Patreon.com/slash/TheGamersIn if you like what we do here and you want to support Ryan and I. Uh, the game club is coming back in the new year, which is very exciting. You guys have a lot of plans going on. Yeah, um, we've talked about the games we were looking at. Uh, the first one, so we have a little more details here, but we're gonna kick things off in the new year with Pony Island, which is a game that is uh, short, sweet, and very unique. Uh, and we're going to kick that off. We're looking at our first discussion being on Sunday, January 8th. So tune in for that. Um, and then once we wrap that up, we might take a week off, but we'll be heading into uh, The Last of Us Part 1. And the milestones will be set up in 
for that one, I think in the vein of like story progression and you can pretty much play any version of the last of us part one and, uh, be able to speak to those milestones. So whether you want to play on PS3, PS4 or PS5, uh, it is all the same story. No guarantees that if you watch the HBO show, I don't know if we're going to like, <laughs> I mean, you could probably like, that would be fun. That'd be a fun Easter egg. Like, look, if you're, if you're watching along, you're watching the HBO series, um, you'll want to watch to the 20 minute mark of the second episode. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of differences between um, the TV show and the game in terms of like just narrative structure and, and some choices they made for better or actually mostly for the better. Uh, so, but I don't think that'll work. But anyways, if you're looking out for holiday sales, Pony Island, I think someone said it was on sale for like 70 cents. Uh, oh, wow. The last Steam sale. <laughs> so like, you know. Whenever, whenever I see that, I'm like, why don't you just say free? Like, <laughs> does that 70 cents really matter? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, ask vampire survivors. Aren't they like millionaires because they sell their stuff for like yeah, I guess. two bucks? <laughs> uh, but yeah, like Pony Island, um, if you're at all interested, it, it goes on sale for, you know, as I said, less than a dollar. Uh, and it is a game that we will be able to play over the course of two weeks and, uh, yeah, it's short, sweet, and a quick way to get back into the game club sort of flow. And of course, The Last of Us Part One. Um, you might already own it several times, like me, or you might <laughs> want to look out for that Part One remake on sale over the holidays. So keep your eyes peeled for some good deals. Sounds good. And uh, one final reminder, because this is our last episode of 2023, that donations are open for Extra Life until December 31st. Uh, we did do our holiday stream this past Friday. It was a ton of fun. We played party animals. We found a mode of party animals that wasn't <laughs> just beat each other up, which was super, yeah. super fun. And it turns out I'm a party animal sports star. So yeah. that was super fun. Uh, you guys can go check out twitch.tv slash Joss Plays if you want to go see the VOD of that. Uh, it was a it was a really, really fun night. So um, you can still donate to Extra Life if you have a little bit of extra Christmas money laying around or you just want to do something for a good cause. Uh, they are all tax deductible donations. Head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2023 if you would like to support that cause. I'm pretty sure everyone on our team is still a little bit short of their goals. So help out where you can if you can. If not, just uh, spread the word and uh, maybe somebody else can. But we do appreciate all your support this year. It's been a really awesome, really successful campaign. So thank you guys so much for hanging out with us in the streams and for supporting our Extra Life goals. Again, it is bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2023. If you would like to support anyone who is playing for the gamers in team. So let's wrap this up with some of our honorable mentions and games that we wish that we played. And uh, I'm going to go first because I, I didn't have, again, didn't play a lot this year. So didn't have a lot of honorable mentions. The only thing I want to mention, because I feel like we need to talk about it, that it's like it, it should be a talking point. Um, Starfield, that came out this year. And I feel like no one's talking about it like i don't mm -hmm. even th i forgot it came out this year because like we were watching the game awards and it just wasn't there and that's got to be a huge freaking blow because they were working on starfield for how long like six years seven years something like that so yeah. the fact that it came out and it wasn't even part of the conversation and it's not part of mine either like i literally put in the notes i'm honorable mention starfield but not for good reasons like it's just because i feel like it's something we need to mention and talk about because it's not up there 
in the game of the year conversations like at all. I haven't seen anyone mentioning it for game of the year. So why do you think that is? Like, I just can't believe it's just not like Super Mario Wonder was part of the conversation and Starfield (laughs) isn't (laughs) like no, no slight to Super Mario Wonder. But at the same time, like it was another Mario platformer and people like it was on the game of the year like award it was nominated and mm-hmm. starfield just not <laughs> yeah um that's a tough one because it's not it did not make any of my lists and i played enough of it to understand that like okay like this is uh it's not doing it for me and i yeah i tried it too and it just was not my jam yeah and like we had matt and i because matt played much more than i did And like, we had some really fun nights where like he would play and like, we joke around about it. And like, we had this whole sequence that I think I told the story on the show. And like, so there were some fun moments that came out of it, but like, there was nothing about that game, like narratively or mechanically that really seemed to grip anybody. Yeah. I think that, I think the struggle with that one was look at it. Like first off, very busy year for games. Um, there was probably, I mean, evidence by my list, like, I think there's like two or three games for everyone that immediately shoot to the top of their lists. And there's just so many options, uh, in 2023. And I think if Starfield had launched when they're originally targeting like last year or the year before, it probably would have landed, um, higher, uh, for folks. But I think because it was so busy, it was easy to kind of say like, okay, like, you know, it's it's got uh, great shooting in terms of like it's a Bethesda game that has, you know, competent shooting. Like it feels like they did a really good job with the gameplay there. But the story is kind of um, it's almost too grounded in the sense of like, okay, let's tell a let's tell a story about a, you know, uh, a galaxy populated by only humans. And there's mostly peace like you get the sense there's pirates but like it's mostly peaceful like it you don't even get the sense that it's like a like an uneasy peace it's kind of just like everyone's good like there's no like conflict which is sort of it's not quite approaching like the star trek side of like everyone's good except for like the really bad guys but like there's they, they're missing the bad guys i think it's starfield mm. um that was the big thing for me is like there was nothing driving me to actually progress outside of like discovering these cool floating metal bits and it's um i struggled with that and i would almost apply like the same like some of the similar logic that folks have said about like you know other big sequels that came out this year like tears of the kingdom of like starfield just felt like even though it was a brand new ip it felt like you know it's just more bethesda stuff you know like but not in the world that i'm used to i think that's where tears of the kingdom was like it's more zelda stuff but it's zelda you know but uh starfield is like well it's more bethesda stuff but it's not elder scrolls it's not Fallout. yeah i think they would have had a lot more success and i understand wanting to not get you know put into a box and wanting to try new ips and everything else but like when you make games that take a decade to you know conceive of and build and you know put out then like when you have something that doesn't hit, like it feels bad. And it's like, why did we even do this? Like 
they could have taken all that dev time. And I'm saying this as a fan of Elder Scrolls. So obviously this is what I wish that they had done. But if they taken all that dev time and put it into Elder Scrolls 6 and put Elder Scrolls 6 out this year instead of Starfield, I think it would have been way more successful. Because like you say, it's a universe that we're familiar with where everyone is really excited about what is going to follow up to be the follow up to Skyrim. Like there there's a lot of anticipation around what they're going to do. And like they decided to put that off in favor of a new IP. And I don't know if that was the right call because <laughs> like yeah. it, it just it's a huge risk. Right. And in this case, I just don't think it's a risk that paid off at all. Yeah, I think like a Starfield 2. Yeah, a Starfield 2 could be interesting. But as you said, like when when does that happen? You know, like uh, do like obviously they're working on Elder Scrolls 6 next. Yeah, if you're iterating every year or two, then, you know, like the Call of Duties and the Assassin's Creed's, you know, in the past, then like if you have a dud, it's not that big a deal because you have another one coming out in 12 months and, you know, it'll probably be better. But when your games take this long, when your dev cycle is this long because your experiences are so big, like when you fail, you fail. Like Starfield is not going to be the next Skyrim. Like it's not going to have as many people playing it. It's not going to be put out on all the... Well, they might put it out on all the different platforms in the next 10 years, but I'm not buying 10 copies of Starfield, are you? (laughs) No. (laughs) Like I literally um... bought Skyrim on so many different platforms every time it came out somewhere new. I was like, well, obviously I have to have Skyrim. Like, I have so many, so many characters in so many places at so many different levels. <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess you wonder, like, what do you what what does Bethesda, what does Microsoft see as success? Do they need mm. Starfield to be in all the game of the year conversations or is it just is it about sales, about engagement is it about because I know there are a lot of folks that love Starfield and um, there are a lot of folks that really enjoyed playing that game and said, like, man, if you just you just get through the first 30 hours and get all the metal bits it's really cool like there's this new game plus <laughs> i've heard that too yeah that if yeah. you play it like yeah 15 20 hours then it starts to get good and i'm like Oof. that's a lot, I, no man. matter whose game it is i always think that's a mistake if you have to say it takes x number of hours to get good no thank you well, no thank you <laughs> i think this one took it and ran with it a bit further because like the articles was like man you just can't wait until you get to the new game plus mode for Starfields. Like, wait, I got to literally finish the game to get to the good part. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you know, like, but it, it kind of was a disservice to the game. It's like, I, I don't, a lot of people were saying, well, no, that was just a headline, you know, that people use. Like, obviously, the game is enjoyable before the new game plus mode, but they did something so unique. I still don't know what that thing was. I don't know if I want people to spoil it for me. I mean, you know, remind me in six months if I haven't gone gone back to starfield maybe spoil it for me but i again like it all like in these in this day and age when what companies look at as like a success is like the thing that goes above the last thing they did and i think for bethesda it would be like looking at fallout 4 and skyrim and obviously i don't think i don't think starfield kind of lived up to obviously it didn't live up to what skyrim did but Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's on par with what they've seen for previous Bethesda games. Like, not everyone is gonna uh, enjoy every game that Bethesda puts out. But I agree with you in the sense that, like, if it takes them five to six years to release a new game, and you have fans of Bethesda games, like, it's a real struggle when one misses. Uh, mm-hmm. 
you had the same opinion when it came to Zelda games, like with Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Like you, I remember when Breath of the Wild, when Skyward Sword came out, it's like, well, maybe in five years they'll make one that I really, really, really enjoy. Like get back to that <laughs> Ocarina of Twilight Princess era. And, you know, you got a whole decade of Breath of the yeah, Wild style. Yeah, I sure uh, fucking did. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I feel that I can't, um, off the top of my head, think of like, I, I guess Starfield for me is it was that, you know, I was I, I like there was just something missing there. Um, maybe I'll go back. Uh, my, you know, the bags of Doritos we buy certainly reminds me that Starfield came out this year because it's plastered all over the <laughs> Game Pass ads on there. But, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's worth noting. And I think it's a good honorable mention. Like, I'm glad you put it in here. But like for me, it was just I had like a like a huge list of games that that I did whittle down um and I can go through these uh, pretty yeah, quick so, but yeah uh, so yeah what are your what are your honorable mentions right so we did you did mention Super Mario Brothers Wonder I put this on here because uh obviously I'm a big Nintendo fan and uh the kids and I have been playing Super Mario Brothers Brothers Wonder for uh for good and bad like it, it's been a struggle uh there's a lot of changes <laughs> that nintendo's made that is good for playing with your kids like in in the sense of getting rid of the timer that's a big one mm-hmm. um you know having difficulty stars right on the levels has been really helpful for like kaden and abby to like look at the levels and be like okay this one's gonna be too difficult or yeah. or getting really excited when they finish a four star level like you know and um it's the first game that doesn't play itself like mario kart eight does that they've been able to play on their own and actually progress uh which has been really cool to see and i think it comes down to the fact that they remove the timer and the the kids can take their time uh yeah with the game so we've been having a lot of fun and it's kind of been our go-to game i did finish it on my own but uh myself and the kids like abby has her own playthrough caden has his own playthrough and we've kind of been chipping away at those uh pretty regularly actually uh and it's the first game that they like are they are enjoying like don't get me wrong there are moments where they are screaming at each other as they like accidentally kill each other by moving the camera that's another (laughs) thing like it's locked to one player so if Caden gets pretty distracted and he just wants to keep moving (laughs) and i'm like having to say Caden, wait you're killing me you're killing me i'm dead (laughs) okay now you need to stop revive me revive me okay now i'm dead So, you know, it's not perfect. There are struggles there, but like in terms of a 2D Mario, like this is an evolution of the new Super Mario Brothers that I was, we were waiting, you talk about waiting decades for like a new take, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, and then uh, we got Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty, sort of an expansion to the main Cyberpunk game. Which is really Interesting, because I, I know I was talking to Matt about this when we were watching the Game Awards, because uh, Phantom Liberty was mentioned a couple of times, and I didn't kind of realize that they they basically did the... There was that patch in Diablo 3 that came out after a couple of years that basically revamped the whole game. And this was the same thing for Cyberpunk, Punk, wasn't it? Phantom Liberty? Yeah. Like fixed the, a whole bunch of issues with the... Because, well, I mean, Cyberpunk 2077 is, like, the worst launch that we've seen in modern gaming history. So, <laughs> I mean, they had a lot of things to fix. But uh, yeah. but this was a big deal, right? 
Yeah, they did a, a 2.0 launch, um, like a big patch, big update prior to Phantom Liberty coming out, which did sort of address some of those like lingering, not issues, but like they just improved a lot. And this is not, um, it's not something that CD Projekt Red, uh, it has, it's something they've done before for other games. Like usually they'll do like a 2.0 update where they like revamp a lot of the stuff that people struggled with and, and that was really good. But I think with Phantom Liberty, which is a paid expansion, uh, they did a really good job at adding to the story and telling a, a, a really, uh, a really good story, a really good additional story that like fit within the main campaign, but like has its own ending. Like they literally added like four or five more endings to the game based on the path you take through that expansion. So it honestly it made me actually go back and finish. You know, we talk about Baldur's Gate 3, like when is Ryan going to do a second playthrough? Like, <laughs> you know, when probably, you know, three or four years, like three years since it launched and I did play through the entire game again to to get to the expansion and and to experience all of 2.0. So I, I really enjoyed it. I wanted to give it a shout out here. Uh, sea of Stars was another one that... Um, I really enjoyed and people are probably saying like Ryan like if if this was a new game rule Sea of Stars should have been up there instead of Super Mario <laughs> RPG remake cuz Sea of Stars has like that time-based combat the really interesting story like the isometric 3D sort of top-down view Sea of Stars is on is on my list of things I wish I played it's on my missed list <laughs> Yeah you'd really enjoy it and I I had a great time with it I I have not got the 100% ending but like i really really enjoyed what i played of it and it's got a really cool story a great soundtrack and the gameplay is all of the button prompt uh time-based combat where you have to like sort of if you time your actions correctly you do extra damage which is my favorite style of turn-based combat so they they take that super mario rpg formula and run with it and uh it's on game pass so it's a so jocelyn if you're looking at sales over the holidays, it's on I know. Game Pass. Don't buy it. It's on Game Pass. I know. <laughs> it was one of my it was one of my recommended uh things on Game Pass. <laughs> there you go. So, you know, definitely check that one out. I mean, it's a great it's a great smaller title that you could probably jump into over the holidays and uh, honestly, like I made time for it in the sense that like I knew it was going to take a it was going to take over my sort of my attention span when it came to playing video games, so I kind of gave it like a that was another reason I stopped playing Baldur's Gate 3 is because I played Sea of Stars. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I also put Fire Emblem Engage on here. And like this is one of those games where it's like uh, it's not my favorite Fire Emblem, but I did enjoy what I played of it. You engaged uh, with it? I did. <laughs> yeah, one would say I engaged with it. Sure. Um, I never did finish it, but I remember like a lot of the characters that were present. I got pretty far. A lot of the characters that were present, like, you know, at at the start, I was like, I don't know if these characters are going to like, you know, really latch on like other sort of Fire Emblem characters have. But it, they, they've they really grown on me. And uh, I did want to mention it because I'm a big fan of the franchise and it's very rare we get a new uh, entry in the, the mainline series, especially multiple times on a single console. But uh, it was also a January game. Like it came out like very start of the year. Mm. Um, so it, it was it was one that likely... You know, we talk about not getting mentioned, like Fire Emblem Engage is on, it's on no Game of the Year list. It's not yeah, even no. in there, so <laughs> I needed to give it a shout out. And uh, 
another one I really enjoyed. We talk about DLC not counting. This is this is DLC. <laughs> we got Dead Cells Return to Castlevania. Uh, I'm not like a huge like Castlevania fan, but I love Dead Cells and the way they sort of took the Castlevania feel and implemented it into Dead Cells. Like it really rejuvenated that game for me because I loved it at launch, sort of dropped it and uh, and yeah came back to it uh, in February or March of this year and played a good chunk of it. So I wanted to mention that great piece of DLC that uh, that really runs with the whole Castlevania vibe. So, mm-hmm. yeah, those are my mentions. Very, very cool. Yeah, sorry. I really, I didn't have any real honorable mentions this year. Um, and that's because I had so many things that made the Wish I Played list, including, and this one is on both of our lists, and is kind of I think the the big standout of things like we miss talking about in our in our picks for game of the year because we just haven't had a chance to get to it yet is Alan Wake 2. I'm super super excited about this game and I really do want to play it at a maybe in January when things are a little bit quieter around here but um yeah Alan Wake 2 I'm so excited after playing through original Alan Wake when the when the remaster came out and then uh, playing through Control when that Alan Wake DLC came out. And just the whole universe is so interesting and freaky and weird and like mind-bendy in, in a mysterious way, which I just absolutely love. Like, I love the way they tell stories. And the fact that it won Best Narrative at the Game Awards just makes me more excited about Alan Wake 2. So, I mean, like, I really can't wait to play this title. It's just been such a such a busy fall. But uh, yeah, Alan Wake 2 is like my number one wish I played, like definitely will get to it because I feel like oftentimes I do like, oh, I wish I played like no offense, Sea of Stars, but Sea of Stars is probably going to end up this way where I'm like, oh, yeah, I wish I played it. I wish I played it, but I'm probably not going to get around to it. But I'm absolutely 100% going to get around to Alan Wake 2 because I just want more of that universe. Like, I'm really excited that there's a sequel that's come out for that game. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Alan Wake 2 is like top of my list as well, mainly because of sort of the recent like I knew it was going to be it was going to be received well, but it's been received very well. Um, And it's kind of like maybe it's a recency bias in the sense like it just came out. It's getting a lot of buzz. Uh, and I love I love a good narrative experience, and I really enjoy what Remedy's been doing, you know, lately with Control. And I really enjoyed Control, but Alan Wake Two is likely one of those games that's like it's the f- top of the list. D- did you play? Because I know you played Control way before I did. Um, did you play the Alan Wake DLC in Control? I think I started it. It's weird. Like I can't remember if I finished it and started the second piece of DLC or if I did the first piece of DLC and started the Alan Wake one. Um, By the time I got around to playing Control, it was like one of those like game of the year bundles where it was like sure. you got the the game and all the DLC in one thing. And, and because they're um, like inline pieces of DLC, like I didn't even realize like what was base game and what was extra. Uh, because you just kind of play through them when you come across them. So, like, it didn't feel extra to me. <laughs> so, like, I couldn't even tell you what the other piece of DLC was because I just played it all together. So, yeah, I uh, I know it's like, I know I have it on PC. Uh, I do need to sort of jump back into control. And I know I played, 
I know I played one of the pieces of DLC and I think I waited to play the control or the Alan Wake one because I, I don't know, my brain was like, I knew the Alan Wake one's the one I really wanted to play. Uh, I might have got stuck on a boss or something. I can't mm. really remember. Um, I do remember it being very challenging. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I think I did get stuck on a boss uh, the second or third time you fight the the main bad guy. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, but I think like once I get through Christmas and see like what on my list I got uh, and what I didn't get because I got clothes. I don't know. We'll see. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, that's jo- that's a joke. I love getting clothes because I hate shopping for clothes. So please, if you're listening, clothes are great. Um, but uh, Alan Week 2 is likely like if I don't get a bunch of games for Christmas, it'll be like one I pick up fairly, fairly quickly. I know it's a there's a great deal um, on the Epic Game Store where you also get Alan Wake remastered if you pick it up there. So mm. that's what I'm eyeing uh, Boxing Day post Christmas. Like what what do I what am I buying? What am I buying on yeah. Epic Games? So. Yeah, I think anyone who hasn't played it yet, who like even remotely enjoyed the original should definitely uh, take a look at it because, again, it was so well received. Um, Another one for me is City Skylines 2. A lot of people really, really enjoyed this one. It came out a couple of weeks after my daughter was born. I was so excited and I was so proactive. I even went and like downloaded it like the night before, like basically as soon as the download was available, I went and got it. I was like, okay, I'm going to be ready. Like as soon as it launches, I still haven't booted it up. So (laughs) (laughs) I have it. (laughs) I just haven't played it yet. But uh, City Skylines too. I mean, if you like City Skylines, if you like City Builders and all that kind of fun stuff, I'm sure uh, you'll really enjoy it as well because I've heard nothing but good things. So I really can't wait to get to that one. Yeah. yeah I've, uh, that one's also one I want to check out. I I did install it and have updated it a couple times uh, through Xbox Game Pass or PC Game Pass. <laughs> yep. So I need to uh, I need to actually launch it because I, I think that one <laughs> that one uh, that one I struggle with because it it. It was one I was looking forward to, but the reviews at launch kind of made me pause for a bit. Um, and because it's on Game Pass, it's like, well, I, I don't have to rush to play this. I can let it get yeah. a few patch cycles through, which I think is in a better place now. Um, so I, uh, I, yeah, I, I did doubt, have one yeah. of my WoW friends say that it melted his computer. Oh God, yeah, I did hear <laughs> reports of melting. So um, the last game I wanted to touch on in terms of what I missed, and obviously, like I said, I have a, I have like a. 10 game long list of actual <laughs> games that that i am keeping an eye on for sales but uh this one's an interesting one so jedi uh jedi survivor uh i loved fallen uh fallen fallen order i think it's called the first mm-hmm. one and we did it for a game club this year uh prior to survivor fallen kingdom and i'm like no that's the jurassic park everyone hates <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the, we don't talk about that one no um <laughs> That's with the dinosaur, like the laser gun for raptors, right? Like, is that the one? That I think so. Yeah. Fallen, I think Fallen Kingdom might be the most recent one where like all the dinosaurs are loose in the world. <laughs> yeah. I forgot yeah. that came out. I remember they were yeah. building it as like, this is the Avengers of Jurassic World. And I'm like, you can't say that just because no, you bring back you all the, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, anyways, no, um, Jedi Survivor is an interesting one where, um, I I have it. I own it. I bought it. It was on sale. Uh, And I just haven't, I haven't had, I haven't had time to boot it up yet, but it's one that I do want to play. And it's, and honestly, if you had asked me like, Oh, are you going to buy Jedi survivor at launch? Like any other time I would have said, absolutely. But it was just, 
it was such a crazy, I think Tears of the Kingdom was launching three weeks later. I'm like, I'm not even going to try. You know? <laughs> yeah, if I get into this, I'm not going to finish it in time to play Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll never get back to it. And maybe I would have finished it, but I I decided to wait for a sale. And, and now we're, we're here in December and well, here we are. So uh, <laughs> it, guaranteed like um, Final Fantasy 16, uh, Jedi Survivor, City Skylines 2, Alan Wake 2. Those are games that are going to pop up in 2024 in our main discussions like i i feel very strongly about that so um, yeah maybe we should like actually set a date for specifically for alan wake 2 since it's on both of our lists like if we say we're gonna have alan wake 2 night happen like the last show in january or something (laughs) when you know things are traditionally a little bit slower just to give us both a bit of a kick in the butt to get to it I I mean would just, appreciate uh, kicking that. the butt for yeah for me to just play games period <laughs> but <laughs> I mean also yeah my free time right now is just getting ready for Christmas because I get like an hour a day so <laughs> sure but uh, yeah it'll be different after after the holidays but uh, yeah so we hope you enjoyed our game of the year discussion this year as always you can continue the discussion over in our Discord at bitly slash tgi Discord which is where a bunch of our super awesome fans sent in their community list for game of the year this year so thank you very much to jimmy the shovel whirlwind lc racer firebird smiley chris spin opera and babylon for sending those lists in ryan's got them all in front of him and is totally ready and i'm not throwing Uh him under any right now uh what did the community have to say in terms of game of the year this year well i am prepared i have them right here so i can go through them no problem i'm not vamping or stalling at all um let's kick things off with jimmy and i'm not look i will uh i will say this i appreciate everybody who sent in their lists a lot of folks sent in like their lit list list like a lot of games and we're not going to be able to touch on all of them but i wanted to touch on some that um uh that uh that you know we might not normally cover on the show uh or um we might get to at a certain point in the future so jimmy uh made a, a last minute list or last minute list change and uh, put Coral Island near the top, which I know is a game that you enjoyed. I played this and I really, really liked it. And the only reason it wasn't on my list is I didn't think it actually launched. Like I thought it was still in its like early access or whatever. So Coral Island very much is one that I was going to put on my list, but didn't think it like qualified or like basically that I thought I would talk about in a game of the year context in the year it actually comes out, whether it's 2024, 2025, whatever, early access is always like shrug, who knows. Um, But yeah, Coral Island, I think absolutely deserves a mention. Uh, Coral Island was a great experience. I haven't played it since my original playthrough where I kind of hit a wall because it very much was an unfinished game. It it was early access. So um, I haven't played, I think there's been like three or four content patches since the last time I played. So there's definitely a lot more available now uh, that I haven't touched on. But my first initial impressions of that game were excellent. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, so it did launch, I think, just this week. Uh, 1.0. Oh, did it? OK. Uh, oh, so it came in. Oh, yeah. man, it came in under the wire. I could have put it on my list. OK, yeah. now it definitely is bumping Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom goes into <laughs> honorable mentions. Coral Island is up in the top five. Look, I don't want to break the illusion, but uh, Jocelyn is not doing that in the notes right now. So, like, she's it's all talk. Oh, it's all oh, talk. I'm doing it. I, I'm okay. doing it. There I'll keep it going. Bam. You do it. Oh my gosh! Wow, 
just brutal. Like Coral I, if, Island. <laughs> if Take I watched the kingdom. <laughs> if I knew what wrestling was, I think there's like a specific thing that happens in wrestling that just happened here in the notes. <laughs> Where like someone comes in and it's like, oh my god, it's that guy we thought was dead, but he's not. He just <laughs> was in like you know uh, he was in hiding or something, and now he's off the top rope. So um, <laughs> wrestling. So uh, thank you, Jimmy. Um, <laughs> and take that. Jimmy just the coming in and totally upending the entire game of the year conversation. <laughs> yeah, flipping the table. Love it. Uh, Babylon uh, wrote in and it's it's a bunch of Trails games. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I just, I love that Trails has this, uh, this loyal following, following. <laughs> in our Discord. And I know, um, look, I will address the controversy here. I know I said I would play through a Trails game this year and I did start. Uh, I started Trails uh, the, first, the first game that came out. Uh, and I, I do want to get back to it. Uh, I will likely, and I did joke like, I will likely get back to trails before Starfield. So, um, <laughs> sorry, Starfield, sorry, man. Starfield, not to get another dig in there right before we close with the show. But, um, I think Babylon's been like working through the entire series, uh, because he's got all of the trails games, except for one. I think, I think rise of Atelier Riza is, is not trails. So trails still a threat. Um, and I will, you know, we'll see what 2024 brings. You never know. Never know. Uh, you never know. Uh, opera, uh, actually, um, uh, he wrote in and he wanted to sort of focus. Look, we had a lot of big AAA games, so he actually mm-hmm. provided a really good sort of rundown of, uh, uh, some games that aren't normally like considered to be like AAA, more like indie or smaller titles. And, uh, one that, stood out to me and, and is it going to be Terra Nil? Cause that was also one I almost put in here, but I thought maybe it was too small of an experience, but Terra Nil uh, was definitely. Yeah. It's not Terra Nil, but that, but that's okay. a good point. Like Terra Nil is a, a one that came out this year and was like, it was a, it was a special experience. I did enjoy that one as well, Yeah, but again, a busy year. And I think if we had like, a, if we had time for another category, it would be like, you know, shout outs. Yeah. I think that's where honorable mentions kind yeah. of works. I think so. I, maybe I just dropped my mentions ball this year. <laughs> no, no, no. It was a busy year. So like, yeah. it's there's no, no harm there. But yeah, back to opera. Sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to guess. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, all these lists are available in our game discussions uh, thread. Uh, no, I, I did a post discord stuff, but you'll find it. Game of the year 2023. All these lists are there and I've pinned them. So you can kind of take a look. Because again, we won't be able to talk about everything, but I wanted to highlight this one because it's one that I was looking at. It's called Tape to Tape, and it is the first roguelite hockey game that plays like NHL 94. So it plays like a classic. What? Yeah, I know. I, I wanted to bring it up because I've seen this game and I was like, I actually, I really want to try this one. So it's a roguelite hockey game that plays like those classic NHL games from you know, like the Wayne Gretzky like blades game. of steel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Blades of steel. So if you look this up tape to tape, it is a, it is a game that's, uh, I think it's still in early access. Um, and it is available now. Uh, it's playable on steam deck. Yeah. It's still in early access and it is a, it's a hockey roguelike 
game. And uh, I haven't literally I haven't played a hockey game since like NHL, probably 95 and Blades of Steel. Like those are the last ones I played in the 90s, guys. (laughs) Well, this is uh, this might be this might be it. This might be what brings me back in. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, but Opera had a really good list of other games that uh, that are totally worth checking out um, if you have time to go into the list, uh, folks at home. But uh, Spin, uh, you know, had some really cool uh, indie games, uh, including uh, Symphony of War Legends, which is a uh, piece of DLC that came out for Symphony of War, which is like a Fire Emblem um, uh, inspired game. There's been a lot of like really cool indie Fire Emblem inspired games kind of you know, lining up with the release of three houses, like if three houses came out one day and a a bunch of dev teams were like, man, that was so cool. Let's build a classic fire emblem type experience. And then fast forward two years later and you have all these really cool, like uh, little experiences. So symphony of war uh, legends is, is, uh, is one of those Uh, sea of stars was also on spins list as well. Um, then we have, uh, we have smiley Chris here who says uh, sea of stars came up. Um, Portal 2 came up, which was a game that we revisited for Game Club the, this year. Right, yep. Had a lot of fun with that one. Um, Firebird uh, had, uh, well, Tears of the Kingdom, Final Fantasy 16, but also Valkyrie Profile, which is a game that I think came out late last year. And it was a, uh, it was a, I don't know if it was like a revisit or if it was like a, it wasn't a remake, but it was like a sequel to a Square Square franchise that came out like decades ago. So it's like a really interesting idea of like, let's take this franchise that's been dormant for a very long time or maybe hasn't had releases in North America in a very long time and bring it back with a sort of triple A look and feel and budget. And I think that's <laughs> so like Baldur's Gate three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I want to th- I want to make sure I'm thinking of because I think Valkyrie had like two releases like there was there was two of them. Um, oh, this might be it might have been the remake. I might be getting all this wrong because, again, like I don't know a <laughs> lot about Valkyrie profile. There was two Valkyrie games that came out last year. And now that I'm Googling it, I'm like, uh oh, I think this might be uh, this might be the remaster that came out. Um Either way, Valkyrie Profile. No, I think, yeah, it was Valkyrie Elysium that might have been. Anyway, it's Valkyrie Profile. Uh, Firebird will will let us know in, in the Discord. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Racer, um, Baldur's Gate 3, Baldur's Gate 2 <laughs> was on his list, so very busy. Well, yeah, Baldur's Gate 2, I think, got a remaster in, like, 2016, I think. I do oh, remember... Really? Yeah, like so the Baldur's Gate, the original Baldur's Gate came out in the late 90s, early 2000s, I think. Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2. They did get a remake or remaster or something uh, recently ish, remembering that 2016 was also like almost eight years ago. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so it is like it got a remake recently enough to be like playable on most current hardware. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, it like it's um it's funny like he has another uh c rpg here computer role playing game uh rogue trader which just came out and it is a warhammer uh it is a uh computer rpg game in the style like with the warhammer franchise so it is baldur's gate 3 but it is warhammer so right <laughs> a lot of 
lot of lot of big games uh but you know that's i've heard i've heard good things uh all around for uh road trader as well um lc uh yeah, he had Alan Wake two on his list, so like mm-hmm. playing Alan Wake two, doing the homework. Good job. We didn't we didn't do the homework. We're, <laughs> we we're gonna get around to it. Yeah, <laughs> no, we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to my it. My dogs right? ate it. <laughs> yeah, I met those dogs. Those dogs could eat uh, a copy of. They Alan could Wake eat too, Alan Wake. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna go that far, but like yes, they could eat a copy. Like if you left a disc copy of Alan Wake two, like you know, they would they could they could chew it and it'd be done. Uh, we'll get to it. I promise. Um. Baldur's Gate 3 Armored Core 6 was uh was near the top of his list which is a uh um a from software game about mechs so it's like I don't know if it's a souls like with mechs but like it very much looked like a like a mech game I saw a lot of ads for it I guess uh Rain Wilson was in the ads and he was like selling mech insurance Oh okay okay this is ringing bells now <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah I got it. It was advertised to me a lot. And I was just like, these are really cool ads because I I miss the office. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, good stuff there. And uh, we'll close things out with uh, Whirlwind, who had, um, you know, we talk about DLC. Are you going to like, are we going to give Whirl a uh, heck for having DLC on here? He's got uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Future mm. Redeemed. So that one came out completely ignored that one because there was so much going on but that one came out in like March, i was gonna April. say because you you finished uh xenoblade right yeah so like you you could play dlc for that game yeah. <laughs> i'm still so far from the end of that game but you could actually make sense of what's going on in dlc for uh, xenoblade chronicles 3 well, so is that something you might think about picking up now that uh whirlwind has recommended it uh maybe <laughs> i mean look like uh, I loved Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I think the core issue I have with DLC for that game is that it's it'll be more like a lot more to play. Look, I, I haven't bought it yet. It's certainly something that's on my uh, list to play. But uh, in a busy year, like adding like another huge, you know, RPG onto the list, like, um, yeah, I want to play it. I think it was I think I talked a bit to Whirlwind about it when it came out and he finished it. And I asked him a couple of questions that would like maybe push me in the direction of picking it up. And I was like, okay, does it, does it address the story at the end of three? Does it kind of exist on its own? And it was kind of like a combination of a lot of things of like, yes, it addresses it. It sets up the franchise for what could come next, but not in the way of like, like a Xenoblade Chronicles four type thing. So yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. I think, um, it, it, it makes sense that it's near the top of his list because I know he very much enjoyed it when it came out. Uh, he also had uh, Genshin Impact here because I think he played, I think he platinumed it. Like he was doing a lot of platinum. Uh, I mean, it's kind of funny. He's got trophies in his list. So I'm guessing I'm taking that as like he platinumed them, except for Xenoblade <laughs> Chronicles 3 because it obviously doesn't have platinums. Um, so yeah, Genshin Impact. Uh, it was on his list as well, which I know is a game that still is very much supported and does very well in terms of uh, sales and profit and such. So got a huge community. But yes, those are our community lists. And again, like I said, these are all in the Discord. If you head over to our game discussions forum, you'll see our game of the year 2023 lists. And uh, you can check out the uh, pinned messages, which will list all of the lists that we referenced tonight. 
Again, that is over at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. So don't miss out. We have a great community and they've obviously made some awesome recommendations. So go and check them out. Uh, Until next time, you can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com or you can follow us over on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays, Ryan is at R. Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. Also, one final reminder for 2023 that Extra Life donations do close on December 31st. So head to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2023 if you'd like to support anybody on our team. Thanks for staying at The Gamers In. And remember, tune in in 2024. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>